I'm not going to say it's fun, but it was really well That's done. That's true. It's not a fun film. Hi guys, and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman, the podcast that is an adaptation of that book they made you read in school again and again and again. Anyway, um, I am the lovely Irishman, Sean Ferrick, and joining me is the morning and the evening star, the Englishman, Ian Whittington. How are you, my friend? Uh, you just called me Patrick Stewart, so I'm really good. Like, bloody yeah. right I did. Yeah. yeah. Also Lucifer. But anyway... Um, well, yeah. Eh, yeah. column A, column B is fine. Basically, yeah. 100%. How are you, my man? I am very good. I'm very good today. Um, I... Have not got much news in terms of what happened in the week. I have upgraded my office slightly. So I have strip and lights that angle. I have not put up yet. Um, I have new camera angles, yes, which means you can see all of my curves and ridges. Um, I can, and impressive they are. And you can see the workout bench that I can assure you has been a shelf this entire time. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, I don't know why anybody advertises them as workout machines. They really should just be in Ikea. Yeah. They shouldn't be in <laughs> fitness shops at all. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you, my friend? What's 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 going on in uh, Chez de Whittington? Chez de Whittington. It's French. I don't like the French. Um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing much. Just lost <laughs> just the entire audience there. Yeah, just come out. With, we have two listeners in France. It's fine. If they've stuck with it for this long, I think they'll okay. I think they're okay. Um, Mes amis, oh, good. That too, yes. Um, no, nothing to report. Should we go to the news? Yeah, I think we shall go straight to the news. News team, assemble! Very, very small amount of news this week, uh, and it's kind of like, thanks to the pandemic, Daniel Craig is now the longest-serving actor who has played James Bond because No Time to Die keeps (laughs) getting pushed back. So, through no fault of his own, he's now the longest-serving actor to play. Considering he made all those statements about he'd rather slash his wrists than appear in another James Bond film, it's like, well, Carmel heard you, (laughs) Daniel Craig. (laughs) You kind of stuck with it long enough, haven't you? Yeah. Um, it's it's we would probably probably be on at least the next Bond's first film, probably looking towards mm. the next Bond sec- next Bond's second film. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, also, um, it is now so. Not only is he the longest serving Bond, but apparently, No Time to Die is going to be the longest Bond film at one hundred and sixty two minutes. Good lord. Oh. Obviously, haven't That's seen the film yet. That's nearly three hours. I have to do the maths in my head yeah. there. Does a spy That's just film three need hours. to be three hours? Uh, no, to be honest. But Bond often has like a strange structure. Um, like some of the older ones are still just shy of two hours, but feel like they go on for three and a half because they jump from Africa to Madagascar and then back to London. Um, but yeah, no, I um, Craig is probably... I don't know. Second favourite Bond. I think Brosnan, even though Brosnan had the most batshit Bond films, yeah, um, I think he's my favourite. My favourite Bond. I, it's always the one that you grew up with, isn't it? I think so. I think, like I've said this to you before, with all love and deference to the Bond franchise, 
I've just never been into it. It was never really a thing in our house. Like, I think dad has seen them all. Dad, let us know. Yeah. Um, but I think I still haven't seen Goldeneye. Like, if you think, like, and that's a <gasps> film we all should have seen kind oh, of a film. Yeah, that uh, is the one. I've that seen is all. Good. I'm invincible. I've seen all the other uh, Pierce Brosnan ones. Actually, no, I've seen everything since. Um, but I've not seen Yeah, so Goldeneye. Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. Yes, yes. In fact, I caught. I've seen everything since The World Is Not Enough in the cinema. Um, yeah. That's a lie. Uh, I no, didn't see Quantum of Solace a, in the cinema. Yeah, I didn't see Quantum of Solace or Spectre, but I did see Sky... Wait, which way around is it? Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, then Spectre? Yes. Or Spectre, then Skyfall? No, no, no. Yeah, no, Skyfall, then Spectre, because yeah. it was Adele and then Sam Smith. Uh, yeah, because oh, that's how... That's, that is how I organise my Bond films. It's uh, in who fairness. sung the theme tune. Yeah, Why makes not? sense. Um, no, my household was a massive, massive Bond household and still is. Um, so, yeah, Dad really much loves, I think, every every James Bond, even your man who only did one, George Lazenby. I think he was really good. We should do like a little Bond series, just introduce you to the Bond films. All righty. Well, then, to the recommends. No, to the what we watched last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To the next section of the pod. <laughs> uh, so I have two. Um, what was going to say? They are one is a recommend. One is a wholehearted recommend. The other one is a watch it. If you're a very specific type of person, um, no, that sounds wrong. If you yes, like a very specific you type of to, film, okay, you really need to explain that. No, if you like a specific type of film, so we'll, we'll lead with that one. Um, I watched Capone because I'm on a Tom Hardy binge, and I will. I just want to consume everything Tom Hardy has ever done. Next week, I'm going to talk about the rest, the war, uh, Warrior. Ah, oh, um, yes, oh, so good. Um. Capone, I was expect so Capone takes place over the last year of Al Capone's life, and I was expecting one thing and got another. Um, this film isn't about Al Capone. This is about an elderly gentleman who has got Alzheimer's and dementia and has forgotten where he put all of his money. Okay. Okay. Um, essentially so it is a really difficult watch because you're seeing the the family so he's been let out he served his time in prison for tax evasion he's living at mansion capone um his best mates are kind of around him his wife resents him um but just there's no point in getting a divorce or anything along those lines just wait for him to die um but he's fully lost his marbles he is and to be fair tom hardy does a unsurprisingly phenomenal job in playing the part and it's respectfully done it's not it's not taking the mickey out of people with alzheimer's at all but it is a difficult difficult watch um because he is he's soiling himself regularly he's having disturbing nightmares he's forgetting constantly um and the, the key is the fbi still want to get him for the for being a mobster. They've mm. got him for the tax evasion, but that's not satisfying. So they know about this hundred million dollars and they're still trying to interrogate him to get the money. But he's just it's like talking to a chair. It's not gonna tell you where 
which tree it came from um and does this money even exist so it's if you're if you're into gangster films the godfather and whatnot don't watch this expecting that if you're interested okay. in capone the man and mental health and dementia yeah probably watch it for that angle but don't go into it expecting a mob film however the last scene yeah there is a sequence that gets close um but yeah that's that's it so yeah i'm not okay. gonna not gonna recommend it i'm just gonna say if you're that person watch it did this hit your radar at all um i remember no i remember the chats about it because and i remember not doing particularly well at the box office which was a surprise i think for a hardy film and also for a biopic because generally there would be some buzz yeah. so and it was just kind of it felt very kind of just like oh yeah that came out um yeah i mean you slapped capone in massive letters on it and i was expecting a biopic but i think the the it is just the last year and i think that word of mouth got around of no 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 this isn't the life of capone this is the last year of some very, very difficult to watch stuff. Mm. Um, okay, well, I mean, I, I watch nothing, so I will att- endeavour to <laughs> add it to a list of things that I'm I not going to watch. I wouldn't bother. There's much, much more things that I'd recommend you spend your time on. Um, such, <laughs> I'm such choking as, on my own rage. Such as, <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, such as, and I'm on an island here when I've done a bit of digging um, on the interwebs, uh, Woman in the Window, or Woman woman at the Window. I think it's Woman in the Window, is it? Lady on the Train. But it's a stupid title anyway. But uh, feedback on the, from critics is kind of middling to average to not very good. But I really, really liked it. I think the trailer looks so good. The, yeah, the... Mm, yeah, no. trailer doesn't give much away. Right, you, you couldn't to be honest. Um, there's definitely lots of there's a few twists and turns in this film, and it's essentially the story of um, an agoraphobic um, woman played by Amy Adams, who has witnessed something and is now being gaslit into thinking that she didn't see it. However, she is on medication and heavily drinking, and is we know that she's hallucinating. So we just don't know whether she's telling the truth or not. And there's some kind of trauma that has, in the past, has made her the way she is. I love the way this portrayed anxiety and um, paranoia. And there's loads of, like, little... Like, there's a good example of... She has to have a routine and she has to do things in a certain way because that makes her feel calmer. And one of the things is when she wakes up, she grabs the phone. It's just the phone... There's nothing on the phone, but she grabs it because that's her only link to the outside world. And when she loses the phone, she goes absolutely just off the rails and unhinged. Um, and it's just one of those day-to-day things that you could miss if you haven't been through that. Mm. Um, but again, I don't think it takes the mickey out of mental health at all. I think it portrays it really, really well. Um, and the way this film is shot is stunning. It's like it's a simple story, but the cinematography in it, considering it's just one location, essentially, is really, really, really good. Do you know who directed it? Um I do, um, and I can bring that up in one second. Cool. But the 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 problematic bit is how the film ends. So the film, um, so it was directed by um, da, 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 da. nope, never mind. Um, the problem is the film changes genre in the last minute. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. 
I'm just going to say it goes from um, psychological thriller and mystery into slasher. Oh, come I, <coughs> I, I've seen some things like that before that have worked well. Do you feel it, it doesn't handle the transition well? No, oh, not at all. Okay. It's what has, I will not watch this film ever again because of the ending. Oh, um, okay. Because it honestly it spoils the film there is a there is a, a twist and then it's slasher film and it's just a bizarre way it's like i don't know how to end this and i the third act needs a punch okay so i'm gonna give it a garden implement um it's not nah, spoiled it entirely but i think it's worth watching so i definitely i recommend watching it but i know i'm on a bit of an island a lot of the feedback and i think a lot of the feedback comes from that final act um that if they had just stuck entirely out what they had set out to do with Acts 1 and 2. Yeah. Let's make it a smaller film. Just make it a simpler mystery. It was like this This twist was twisty, but cool. Okay, you can literally write whatever you want. Hitler can turn up and he's the villain of the story, but that doesn't mean it's a good end to your story. Uh, and Joe Wright directed it, so he did... Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he's good. Yeah. He's really good. He did Atonement and... Yeah. Um, Darkest Hour most recently and Hannah speaking of female Bonds um, so yeah I really like Joe Wright but um, and I like the first two thirds of this film in fact I love the first two thirds of this film but I hate the last okay. third I think so I'll have to watch it just because I want annoying. to I want to see is it yeah are, are you overreacting you big overreactor or is it nope. yeah. 100% not if anything, you're going to say, I've recommended the first two thirds too much, but you will 100% agree with my assessment of the ending. I have no I doubt. Yeah, I think all. we know each other well enough now that I trust <laughs> that you think that about it. Okay, right. Yeah. So, but I will, I will endeavor to try yeah. and watch it. Of the two, of the two, I'd watch Woman in the Window, definitely. Grant. Okay. So. Cool. Cool. Now, so. Sean. Hello. What did we watch this week? We watched the 1998. Oh, yeah, for the pod. Yeah, like we watched we watched <laughs> many things I won't be about to discuss. Um, but we watched the 1998 DreamWorks film, The Prince of Egypt. And yeah, totally off my radar. I, and had you I ever like I seen said last week? Nope, 100%. Never ever seen If I have, I was so young. It was at school and I only saw bits of it. But. I don't remember a single frame of this film. I don't even remember it coming out. I I definitely caught it in the cinema. Now, I don't remember. I just know that I did. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And actually, funny, you were saying about school. This was... So, our, the, the school that I went to... Right. Let, let's, so, for those who've seen the film, you know it's the story of the Book of Exodus from the Old Testament. For those who haven't seen the film... Um, actually, Ian... You are not a religious person. How would you say, or would you recommend this film? Would you sales pitch this film to people who are not uh, religious? Because it could be a hard (laughs) sell. Like, you know, oh, would you like to watch a story of the Bible? I, if you, 100%, yeah. And if it had been pitched to me like that, I would have checked out. It's just not a, historically, it's interesting, but it's not something I enjoy watching on film. I'd rather do a bit of reading on it. Uh, But... I wouldn't recommend this to children. I would recommend it to adults. And I would recommend it to adults of film and cinema. Um, because it is a it's an achievement of cinema mm. and it's a it's a good solid story, but it is not a casual watch by any means. I picked up on that more this time around. I've seen it 
jokes are few and far between, it's, rightfully yeah, so. Because you d there is a certain expectation with animation, which is obviously, I mean, like, obviously this is generalizing because there's so much animation out there that is not comedy, that is not, you know, the Disney sidekicks. But... Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, there's a couple. They have like a little nod to it, but they are nowhere prominent. No, 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 not at all. Um, and obviously, like it deals with, it deals with the plagues of Egypt. I mean, that is about yeah. as heavy as you can get in what was. I mean, I think this was billed like this is a universal rating. So yeah, but all of the this is this was fascinating when I did a bit of research into the background. It was marketed at adults. So there wasn't a big merchandising push at Toys R Us. There was some tie-in figurines and uh, they were they're, um, collectible figurines, mm. not action figures. Um, so it was 100% aimed at adults and probably religious adults, if that makes sense. That's it. So, hey, if, you're a, if, you, if you like the Bible, <laughs> if you are of that persuasion, you will enjoy this interpretation. I mean, the the opening of the movie slaps you in the face with it. The opening text is, this is a respectful retelling of the story of Moses. We're not taking the piss. doesn't say that, but for all intents and purposes, it says we're not taking the piss. This is genuinely how we feel and historians have interpreted the story of Moses. Please enjoy. I was like, whoa, this isn't a kid's film, is it? Like, that is, that's serious. Yeah. So I was, I was nearly, I was giggling to myself when I recommended this to you. It was just like, oh, I'm going to get some angry texts off of you. Oh, he's going to be like, what have you conned me into watching? Yeah. No, because it isn't, it didn't trick, yeah, it didn't trick me. So I know, I knew, it knows exactly mm. what it is. It's not a metaphor. It's not pretending to be, it's not pretending to be a funny film that's pulled out of the Bible. It is an interpretation of a story written a few thousand years ago. So, um, no, no angry texts, but it was, and it's really, 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 really well done. Um, no, that was it. Like, so I'm not going to say it's fun, but it was really well that's done. That's true. It's not a fun film. I will, I will say that, which is already like, I can, I would forgive anyone now going, huh, might not be adding that one to my watch list, but it is not. <laughs> I immediately thought of like Sarah on Twitter and her family. Yeah. I was like, we're going to stick this on for the family Hooray! watch. Oh <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. So many children die in this. Stop that, it. The, a lot of children do. That's uh, dark. There's a lot that of, scene in particular is dark. It's, um, so, so really, really quickly, just um, the story of the book of Exodus, it's the story of uh, Moses who was raised uh, by, uh, in the book, he is raised by Pharaoh's daughter. In the movie, he's raised by Pharaoh's uh, wife. There's a couple of just streamlining uh, differences between yeah. the two. And um, for example, some of the miracles attributed to Moses in the film were actually performed by Aaron um, in the book, which is, I... Which is Jeff Goldblum. Yes, Jeff. The yeah. cast. Ian, the cast, the cast of this film. Oh my goodness, golly gosh. I'm actually going to read it because I've, yeah. I've pulled it up because it is just... Um, he had pulled it up. Yeah. <laughs> Finish off the synopsis. Uh, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> while, you're, while you're doing that. Okay, so um, the story of Exodus says that this child who was raised as a prince of egypt uh, he becomes aware of his origins as he's actually a hebrew who was saved from death by his mother she put her in put him in the basket the basket brought him through the river nile to pharaoh's palace um he goes out into the desert he marries zippera uh experiences an encounter with god 
and is then tasked by God to come back to Egypt to persuade the Pharaoh to free the people. He is told before mm-hmm. he goes, Pharaoh's going to say no. Um, <coughs> but you still have yeah, to do this. Doubt. You haven't got a chance of pitching this to the yeah. Pharaoh. And then, yeah, and then so, and then we'll we'll get to the, the final bit of the story. Uh, this, um, this movie covers... I, I believe I said the first half of the book of Exodus because the book of Exodus does then chronicle some of the story of the the Hebrews traveling through the desert and mm-hmm. the which leads up to um, there is a shot in this film which was anyway it, so the Ten Commandments basically uh, Moses You're right at the right very there, very right. end yeah. and I think that is actually there, there's more to there's more to that. I mean, in Exodus specifically, obviously, there's more to that in the Bible. It's kind yeah, of one of the. It's quite a tenet, kind of a large part of the, of the Bible. One of the big yeah. things, but it's specifically yeah. in the Book of Exodus. So there's. <clears throat> but this film was originally going to be the Ten yes. Commandments remake. That's what everybody told him to make, um, which is interesting. Mm. Now, do you have that cast list up there, Ian? Oh, mate, the cast. Right, Val Kilmer, Ralph Fiennes, Michelle Pfeiffer. Sandra Bullock, Danny Glover, Jeff Goldblum, Patrick Stewart, Helen Mirren, Steve Martin. Um, I think that's the big Martin ones. Short, there. Uh, James Avery. Yeah, and Martin Short. Yeah. James Avery? Um, I missed that one. James Avery. Well, it's additional voice, so he'll be oh, one of the people. No way. He'll be one of the um, one of the people that Moses rescues. Like it's the cast is. Can you imagine the price tag in today's money? Oh, of like, that cast? undoable. Un- yeah. unachievable even in 98 there are people in there that are at the height of their powers but today I don't think that movie gets made that's a ridiculous cast and uh, Patrick Stewart sorry yeah, yeah. Um, no I just said yeah, yeah. and like like not only that they all get something to do they, as well they, there is a reason because they all have very expressive voices I just yes. potentially and I do not mean this as a criticism potentially Val Kilmer's voice is the least expressive and it really is not deliberately a lack of expression in that voice like he's brilliant in it no but it's and that was deliberate as well did you hear the did you hear did you hear the news on this film from 20 years uh, ago um did you see why Val Kilmer got uh, cast why he got cut um <clears throat> t- tell us there anyway so it was because they kind of went through all of the actors that had voiced god previously and everyone every interpretation and it's invariably this booming mm. voice of do as i say um and they wanted to pick a voice that could be mistaken for a voice in your head that is I just that. very calm almost subconscious and just guiding as opposed to Ethan. and it worked because when i first heard it i was like that's really subdued is this meant to be god or is this an angel because it doesn't sound mm. like um ferocious enough um and that's exactly why they wanted it to be calm i love oh, i really that. like such that a, such a good twist um because you're because you're right kind of I, jumping straight to the scene with the burning bush because that's obviously one of god's three big scenes in the film um yes. yeah the, this god is a bastard by oh the this way. is old He's testament this is vengeful dick. god yeah, yeah, this is this is fire and brimstone, wrath and fury. Ah. Um, I will smite thee. Bloody right, like, <laughs> like oh, uh, hi, I'm Moses. You know, remove your shoes for this is hollow, uh, sacred ground. Moses effectively yeah. goes, "What you talking about, burning bush?" And then burning yeah. bush is just like, <clears throat> "Did I stutter?" <laughs> ah, throws his shoes away. You know, um, yes. 
and uh, it's yeah, it's good. that was um, now. I think you're because you, you covered a lot of the behind the scenes of the production of the film, so maybe you have more yes. detail on this than me. But that the the <laughs> voice of God is a combination. Oh no, I did not know that. Oh, Grant. Okay, cool. Right. So the voice oh, cool. of God is everyone in the cast. So oh, that's everyone, awesome. but with Val Kilmer turned up a bit more. Exactly because what they did is they had everyone whisper God's lines, right? Oh, and then they read us when they played it back. It's like this is really good, but it's just not clear enough. Yeah. So they yeah. got Val Kilmer then, and then I think yeah, as you say, and then that actually ties into the voice of Moses. Uh, he yes. is kind of God's voice as well, yeah. or as you say, yeah, it could be. I mean, in today's day and age, somebody comes down from the mountain and says, "I just had a vision with God." It's like, sure, Moses. Oh, you're sure more likely to believe them to believe it was aliens. Absolutely, yeah, uh, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the voice cast is awesome. Patrick Stewart even gets a Picard speech in this. Um, oh, it's so recognisable. It's so gravelly, and he's just, oh, I wish he was in the film more, but that one weak link can break the chain of a mighty dynasty. So good. That's one. Th- so what I like about this, or one of the many things I like about this film, um, is... Ramsey's the second. No, Ramsey's. Well, he is Ramsey's the second, but Seti is um, Picard, first, or Picard's character. Sorry, Patrick Stewart's <laughs> character. This is uh, Seti Alpha Five. Perfect. Um, <laughs> they really go. They show you why Ramsey's is the way that he is. Oh, and it's done really. It doesn't spend a ton of time on it. It's mm. that speech. And then there's one callback to it. That's it. I will not be the weak link in the chain. I will not be the reason that Egypt falls. That's perfect enough motivation for me. Doesn't need huge amounts of of stuff. It's I want to make my father happy. I do not want to be the pharaoh. I don't want to be the last pharaoh of Egypt. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, spot on. Good Uh, storytelling. Yeah, exactly. He is a compelling character, even though now he is, there's there's no question as we move into particularly the latter half of the film, he is the villain. But there is uh, not, maybe not, I wouldn't say I empathise with him, but I do have sympathy for him. I I think you probably flip it. I don't have sympathy for him, but I do empathise with him. I, I understand where he's coming from, yeah. Um, he's not a moustache twirling evil for the sake of evil. You can see the objectively, slavery is wrong. Just newsflash, everybody, in case you hadn't realised. If he if he looked at the suffering for a few seconds, he'd know it was wrong. Egg, oh my god, I'm so in glad any you kind said of that. detail. Yeah. yeah, in any kind of detail, he'd know it. But he's just got blinkers on. Of this is the way things are, and I'm not going to be the one to end it. There's a there's a wonderful scene, and it's just as as Moses is beginning, like just about to kind of turn. Uh, away from, say, his, uh, I suppose, Egyptian upbringing. Um, and Old it's... Egyptian. We're not going to say today Egyptian. Oh, my God. I, Joe, in my head, I kept saying, <laughs> Sean, make sure you say ancient Egyptian. I, ancient I am, Egyptian. Ancient Egyptian. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Yes, you're, and I, I apologize to any Egyptian listeners. I meant ancient Egypt. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, but uh, interestingly, this film is banned in Egypt. So... Unsurprising. unsurprising but yeah so it's as he's walking toward Ramses on I'll, I'll say the last day before he becomes the Moses of the second half of the film and it's a simple change 
the surroundings haven't changed at all but you see Moses finally starts looking left and right exactly and I thought that was yeah, so well done yeah really really well done it's it's been in front of him the whole time but because he now knows he, he's there's ancestors and he is of those people it's sad that it takes that it should be any human suffering should be enough but that is the thing that pushes him over the edge there is um so um, makes it relatable yes yeah. yeah like it's he li- he lived a life of ignorance you know which is what ramsey's the difference between ramsey's and moses at this point is ramsey's chooses to continue living a life of ignorance whereas moses chooses it's easier. not to yeah. exactly because it's like Absolutely. you said if you open your eyes and look <clears> around <throat> and you see human suffering you know if Ramses is shown to be capable of good acts. So you have to hope potentially that if he took a second to think about what was happening around him, he would be like, oh, maybe there's another way of doing this. Potentially. Because it's not like a Loki and Thor situation where they're just brothers that hate each other, eventually team up and hate each other again. Mm. These guys are looking out for each other. Yeah, Ramses um, gets gets pissed off at... Uh, Moses for getting him into trouble but they're there for each other and they get each other out of trouble and when he's when Ramses is assigned priest prince regent mm. of all of the whatever it is he's like yep you're a prince as well you're going to be with me you're coming with me well, they um, laughed at. Is, he was assigned prince regent yeah. at a, uh, prince regent at age 14 he's looking well for 14 in this film yeah he's looking pretty <laughs> yeah. freaking muscular he isn't is he a beast, like, um, that was fun because they do like they kind of they depict, I think, three eras of their lives. One is very short because it's just the very start. And Ramses is the older brother uh, because, of course, he's going to be the next in line to be Pharaoh. Of course. Uh, but then... You'd... Well, no, but uh, Moses wouldn't have been anyway because he's adopted. Oh, fair. Yeah, that... that, that he was sense. never never in the in the looking for it. He was it. never content. Like, and, and again, here is the, the... This, the royal family is shown to be capable of kind... Act. They could have just drowned baby Moses. I mean, there was currently, like, on the day that Moses rocked up, <laughs> rocked up with us, you know, hey, you ma. Um, <laughs> they were out murdering the children of the Hebrews. Yeah. This was just another Hebrew baby. I mean, they knew, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, so. And when he's rebuilding the, the temple, and that's when Moses realises this is wrong, he's just not seeing any of it. Yeah. He's just allowing everybody to be whipped. Um, and it's just another day. Yeah, and it is. It's just another day. It's one thing that's always, always, always just, I think is, because it's depicted very well in this, but one thing I marvel about ancient Egypt, it's horrible that it was done on the back of slavery, but the actual technical achievement of ancient Egypt is, it's yeah. phenomenal for several thousand years ago. And you would you would think like, oh, well, if you put that into, oh, I don't know, building up a good life for all of the people you never know what you would have achieved but it's a ridiculous achievement and they're just massive temples to the gods and kings and the pharaohs that's what they are imagine how many houses you could have built um, with the same material um yeah it's insane it is it is but um so as you say we have uh patrick stewart helen mirren uh i really like ray fines as ramses um, because Ray Fiennes, he'd be another one now, and I say this with love, he wouldn't have a massively uh, expressive voice. He's a he's a huge no. stage presence, like he is a like yes. But 
not, not his voice often and yet I think he's perfectly cast here totally agree yeah I think the two leads are fantastic um but uh that's all I have to say that's about it that. yeah that's, and that's the end of <laughs> that. great. that's the end of that they're not very yeah there's not a lot of fluctuation in their voice but they you don't need that distraction this isn't Shrek you don't need Eddie Murphy shouting stuff out um yeah you need just solid commanding voices um what was the other thing I was going to say about that no um oh Jeff Goldblum that was the only other thing the the most ungoldblumiest goldbloom to ever goldbloom like he's just so subdued just really really calm so so that's so I I was I was texting you Ian just before coming to this and I was like I love this film I think I've given that away at this point um Aaron of the Bible was done dirty in this film. They took some oh, of his yeah. acts off him um, <laughs> just to, to, to streamline the story. It's just to streamline the story, yeah. that's all. But I think so. they, they save it a little bit. At the, now, I would not have been aware of this in 1998 or I it was only, no. to be honest, it was in research for two days pod that I discovered this. But they save it a little bit. Aaron is the first to walk into the red sea once moses parts it so he's the first one like because oh okay yeah so it was in the book aaron picks up the staff and he uh turns the the nile into blood um and no i don't think he parts i think it's it's always it was always moses who parted the red sea yeah that's the big thing that moses did. Yeah. yeah but there was another there was another thing where it was just like oh okay that was aaron but by having aaron be the first one to walk in there i think was their way of going now, like, he ah, is actually we'll quite an important character to the story <coughs> of Exodus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely. So, when was your first exposure to this film? Why is it Why is it the one that you've picked, actually? I, I picked it for, a, I suppose, a combination. It's, it's like the anti-Disney film, in a way. Um, in a way, which is really ironic, be- considering it is basically a Disney film. That's it. So Jeff- it is made almost exclusively by people that have worked for Disney. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Katzenberg, <laughs> right? So yes. he was, as you say, yeah, he was a Disney person for a long time. Worked with Michael Eisner, pitched his Ten Commandments remake again and again nope. and again and again nope. and again. Nope. Um, nope. And eventually, yeah, through several. There was it was I think it was a long time coming that Katzenberg was leaving uh, Disney and eventually mm. broke away and formed DreamWorks. Now DreamWorks would go on to become sort of a shadow of Disney. There are some sorry, there are many excellent DreamWorks films, and there are many like, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Disney casts a shadow that hits Alpha Centauri. Yes, like it's yeah. a huge shadow to be in. But you're yeah. right it. It is, it's not, it's never quite there. Um, I would be fascinated if Prince of Egypt came out today because it would be a bit more of a prestige title the way that if you had exactly the same cast and the same kind of level of detail behind it, um, you could market it as something that Disney isn't doing. Mm. But instead, this is the second thing that DreamWorks ever put out. It's the first hand-drawn thing. Um, and it's they they had ants before this, um, which doesn't hold up. Oh, that's not even a little bit. Oh, I, I actually I forgotten ants was before this. I remember. I think I mean I enjoyed it at the time. Um, 
Oh, it was fine at the time, but it came out the same year as Bugs Life, I think. I have to say, um, and Bugs Life is superior. Bugs Life, fire Oh, far better. It's much yeah. easier to watch as well. Like yeah. CGI yeah. hasn't held up, but yeah, it's it was. Um, yeah, this was the second film they ever made. That's that's actually re- that's pretty neat because I would say that it, I think sorry, and I think you've just said this. Uh, it looks far better than Ants does. So yeah, to be 100%. positive, it does they learned. a good mix of. They did, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's into- This is much more hand drawn, whereas um, Ants was completely computer generated. Um, there's just bits and pieces of this that are CGI that have been interwoven in, much like Aladdin, actually. Funnily enough, um, but done extremely well. And I would, you know, what my very very first note was, <sighs> I miss this type of animation. Yes, I really miss it. It is gorgeous yeah um it's so so good i do i love traditional anime. like i i do like a lot of the cgi stuff i think how to train your dragon is brilliant um mm. i obviously it's done to death now but i do like shrek you know i do think it's a very good film the yeah. first one anyway um and you know but this is stunning and it's also it's it's like all of the ancient egyptian characters in this film are based on how they were depicted in hieroglyphics yeah like uh, so it's so clever whereas the hebrews they're more uh, organic looking um yeah look like humans yeah even moses himself changes over <laughs> the course of the film he's much closer to a hieroglyphic depiction in the beginning and then as he shreds the you know the regalia and the wig, the wig <laughs> yeah um and becomes able to breathe while totally buried in sand that is one issue that's a neat trick i I do have one issue with that because for for a large part the whole point of moses is that he is shown as he is not an extraordinary he's not a superhero he's not an extraordinary man and they in fact they they rewrote they rewrote one of the lines of the big song now did you did you get that uh when you believe so uh no not at all so in so as originally written it's you can do miracles when you believe and that was kind of like we're telling a story where he is basically god's instrument so it was changed to the stick does the miracles exactly there can be miracles so like in in the book aaron picks up the stick it's sort of not as important that there is one man who is moses who can do these things like no it's whoever god chooses um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So sorry, none of that answered the question as to why I enjoyed this. Uh, in <laughs> no, we went on a huge tangent really into did, the, yeah. the history of DreamWorks. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Exactly. Um, I I just thought it was it was very different. Um, and I think it was one of those ones when I went into school. So this is one thing I mentioned when I went into school. Um, the secondary school that I was in here in Ireland, it was both a Catholic school and it wasn't. I mean, like, it wouldn't beat you over the head with religion. Okay. But we yeah. did. Well, have... I mean, they're all Catholic schools, aren't they? It's there's Well, there, you, was, there you... was a lot for a very long time. You're right. Um, yeah. But, or, yeah. So, but we did we did have a religious studies class. And this film was shown quite a few times over the course of our schooling. Uh, there's another, there's a prequel, uh, Joseph, which is quite good yes. as well. Um, and Not good enough to release in the cinema, though. No, and I don't think there was a third film. Um, it is it like it's a good watch, but it was nowhere near the level of prestige that this got. Yeah, that's the weird one that has Mark Hamill in it that we talked about last week. Yeah. It was like, yeah, Mark Hamill is in this film, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just it just clicked a combination of 
we discussed the animation, uh, the acting, the story. You know, a lot of the stories of the Bible, whether or not we believe in them or not, a lot of the stories are really interesting. They're, they are well... Oh, it's a fantastic... Um, uh, what's the what's the word? What's American Horror Story? Uh, anthology. Anthology. It's a fantastic anthology series. Like, it's great. I just wish we didn't take it as written that it, that it happened. Yeah. Like, you'd enjoy it so much more if you just accept it for a bunch of stories that were told with a purpose, not, hey, this happened, it's a history book. Mm, mm. Yeah, it, exactly, you know, and, and to, be, um, to be seriously honest here, I, I do not want to offend anyone for their beliefs. It's not it's not my place to do that. I, th- this, particularly this version of the book of Exodus, it is based on several uh, fictionalized or rewritings. So for example, uh, so here's something again. Now I have to say, Ian, I did not know this in 1998. This I learned this weekend. No, I was about to say you were you were portraying a very cultured version of a ten year old. I, I wouldn't yes. have appreciated. So yes, any I got of that my shit. degree in theology at age eight, and uh, <laughs> um, just been downhill since then. Yeah. So Ramses the Second is the pharaoh of the movie, but that uh, like he's not as far as I know, he's not named in the Bible. It's 1942, I think it was, was the first time in an entertainment medium, like in a, in a film, that it was Ramses II. Now, I think a lot of scholars have often attributed him to this period of history. I think because Ramses II was a real pharaoh, like he, he was yeah, there. Yeah, um, And this is where I, I want to sound really kind of, you know, I'm really glad I re- read this one. Uh, he is Ozymandias. So the the oh interesting the um no Shelley it was Shelley it wasn't Byron uh who wrote the poem Ozymandias you know look on my work look on my mighty works ye and despair it's mm. the whole point of hubris uh because that is a phrase that was carved into the base of a statue of Ozymandias or Ramses II in the middle of ruins with nothing else around them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what did it get? Yeah. And that's that it sort of suits that this film. So, Ramses II cannot it, it, you, you've seen it in the film where he comes back, Moses comes back and Ramses has now succeeded as pharaoh. Seti has obviously died off screen. And what's yes. the first thing Ramses does is he builds a monument even greater to himself <clears throat> yeah. than Seti had done. Um and at the end of it his army is destroyed and yeah lost in the ocean the filmmakers have said look you can interpret our story one of two ways either Ramses did survive or he actually did drown and Ramses on the rock at the end is the guilt that Moses feels Uh, yeah I'd buy that yeah I either interpret like historically he has to live because Ramses II died in his 90s Um, yeah exactly so but yeah. Funny how all of the rich ones lived. It was like life expectancies were like, you were 35 and you were an old person. No, it's just that you didn't have healthcare and you were poor, so more things killed you. We haven't suddenly grown the ability to live longer, which is why the rich kings and queens and whatnot tend to live to 90 and 100. Isn't that a coincidence? Just a bit. Just a bit. But, um, yeah. But... Uh, so yeah, so as a ten-year-old, uh, I was discussing all of this with uh, my, oh, my fellow course. theology with students, and we we were very yeah. particularly and and uh, other students of uh, Lord Shelley, 
um, and his poetry, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got to say, I have a whole new respect for the Irish teaching system. It's so impressive. So do I. Yes. <laughs> um, um, the score. I think we got to touch on that, haven't we? This film is elevated to an entire new level by Hans Zimmer. This is what puts it apart from everything else. It is... You could watch this film without a script. Yep. Just the score and the pictures on screen, and I think you'd get it. Um, I I couldn't even tell you how many times I've listened to that score over the last few years. Uh, it's great. It's be- there's actually so, I mean, so I think it was Stephen Schwartz wrote the lyrics to the songs, right? So, um, so there's there's a few bits to discuss. So the first one I want to talk about is the singer Ofra Haza. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. She plays, um, while I, no, I am going to try and pronounce this one. Uh, so she is Moses's mother. Uh, I'm just going to... Um, Zippera? No, that's Moses's wife. Um, oh, Miriam? Moses' sister. God damn. We'll get there, man. Helen Mirren. Um, <laughs> Technically, diff- wrong mother. Um... It, um... I've run out of people. Because uh, she's only in that opening scene. She's the one... Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Now, come on, come on. I don't know. You'll have it. You'll have it. As it have, you, have what? Oh, you. Um, she's only named once on screen, and it's she. It's when Miriam says her name when Moses is an adult. So Yoheved was uh, sung and played by Afra Haza, who wa- was an Israeli singer. I get chills, chills oh, every stunning. time I hear her voice in this film. Yeah, um, the opening. She's is that the voice at the beginning of the film as well? the the song that's played yes. at the beginning of the film yeah, yeah absolutely stunning yeah oh my god like um just beautiful apparently um in the performance uh while they were recording it she sang to a baby doll to try and get even more into the emotion <sighs> of that. but um Woof. oh just just incredibly unfortunately she uh she, she passed away two years after this film Oh um, God! Wow, that's crazy. And uh, I, I feel that if she hadn't, uh, Hans Zimmer has a tendency to work with you know the same group of people again and again and again and again. Yep. For example, Lisa Gerrard did the singing in Gladiator, which came a couple of years after this. Would I mean she has a wonderful voice? Please don't get me wrong, but that could easily have been could have been off her house. Yeah, um, wouldn't have surprised me at all. But um, yeah, Stephen Schwartz. Yes. He wrote the beautiful lyrics to this. Uh, he wrote the lyrics to When You Believe, which is the big number from this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people alive have heard the Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey single release. Oh, I knew that when you mentioned it last week. I knew that better than the oh, film. Oh, no, 100% because it was like... Yeah. It, it, both of them released albums where that was the lead single off their albums, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was a load of controversy, like, the tabloids were saying that they hated each other while recording. They're both just like, you're, you're idiots. No, we didn't. Oh, give yeah. it a rest. Yeah. Um, I think even the Bowie, uh, Freddie Mercury stuff is blown out of proportion. But. But, 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 yes. but, 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 but. So, Stephen Schwartz writes When You Believe for the film. Uh, the producer, uh, his stage name is Babyface. I've, uh, uh, so, 
Babyface, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, but Babyface, um, <laughs> basically worked with Schwartz to turn it into a single for Whitney Houston. And okay, Perry. makes sense. Um, it when it came to the Oscars, so when you believe won the Oscar for best song. Yes, it did. Stephen Schwartz did not put Babyface's name on the nomination form <gasps> because he felt the film version was the one that won the Oscar, but Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey performed the single version oh. at the Oscars. Basically, he robbed oh, an Oscar man. Oh, that's rough. Because if you're going to do that, stick to your guns and get whoever sang... Because it's not them singing in the it's film. It's not, no. So get them to perform it. That was shitty. Oh, that's gross. That was shitty. That's really gross. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, oh, not nice. Yeah, it was. Um, interesting story, though. Man, Hollywood is just people screwing over other people, isn't it? Like, yeah. Uh, Kenneth Brian Edmonds, Jesus. sorry, is babyface. Just to yeah, let's let's give him the him credit. He, he, I'm he sure was he's denied back then. 22 years uh, later, yeah. Um, <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, but, um, um, but yeah, but the version in the film uh, is, I, 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 do, I do prefer it in the context of the score. Like, I, I love When You Believe, mm-hmm. but I do prefer the film version. It's got to no, be agreed. Yeah. Uh, it contains a few lines of the Song of the Sea, which was a Canaanite prayer. Uh, this is sung by the Child's Chorus. So it's Michelle Pfeiffer and Sally Dwarski. I think she's the singing voice for Sandra Bullock's uh, character. Um, they sing lead. Sounds on, right. Uh, when you believe, but the children's chorus in the middle is the song of the sea, and it's uh, it's from it's eerie. It's so it's and it's so upbeat and it's so wonderful, and that's that's I think why yeah. I prefer the movie version is because it's like, yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. Well, you can do more with it, and there's reprises as well. It comes mm. back, and you can you can have variations on it. Um, in the film, I actually prefer "Let My People Go" and how many times that pops yes. up um, and that because it is—it's such a powerful sentence, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it is two sides of the coin. I will not let your people go. Let my people go. It's so powerful. It's uh, actually I might give you, I might give you that one. I might think yeah that that whole Ten Commandments or not Ten Commandments sorry the Ten Plagues sequence yeah. is it's so well done. The animation is yeah. brilliant in it. Um, and what... Oh, they don't spend the entire movie a, doing and it. And you could. You could do an entire film of the, yeah. of the plagues. All of the uh, plagues, yeah. Must have been done in cinema at this stage. I'm, I'm sure it has, um, yeah. But there's many times in the shower uh, where I have belted... Uh, oh, I wondered where that was going. <laughs> That's not... Whatever you're doing in the shower, you shouldn't be thinking about that uh, scene. Let my people go... Yeah, but... <laughs> Oh my god! Just that, that, that particularly the last verse where they sing against each other. Yes, oh, yes. That's like I was I was flicking on my phone and making notes and doing a bit of research, and that made me sit up and I was like, I need to rewind that because that caught me. Uh, it's really, really fucking good. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant score. While we're talking about the plagues, oh my god, the darkness of the firstborn. God, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, this is bold. Like this will this could have ended DreamWorks before it even took off. Like like the the wisp that is just literally you see a couple of the kids die. They just stop breathing or they fall down. There is no 
there's no ambiguity here. That wisp of smoke is killing them and then whoosh off into the distance. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's shocking. Like, it's really shocking that a film that has a universal yeah. rating... Actually, yeah. I mean, like, you, you're dead right. There is... I think there's two... One, there's the kid lying in bed and you see... The one in bed with yeah. his mum. And like, yeah. there's no... He definitely the, dies. It's not a camera, yeah. but the camera doesn't pan away. Like... And then there's the other yeah. one. The kid walks through the door, and the next thing, the arm. And you just see the so, arm. Are, you, you are aware that children are watching this, right? Hundred yeah. percent. And this is why the rating stuff is bullshit. If you say fuck twice and there's some blood, then you get an R rating. But if you show two children being killed by some smoke, as long as there's no blood, there's no swearing, and there's no gore, whatever, you're fine. You've got your U rating. Yeah. It's. I bet mentally that does some frigging damage. That's probably like. Thankfully, but, I was already a theology scholar in 1998. Otherwise, yeah, this really you were well attuned to this. Yeah. The atrocities you'd seen by the age of six. There was one thing I'd actually. <laughs> yeah, there was one thing I'd actually forgotten uh, in this scene uh, that I picked up on this time was it's the the final moment as the you know the kind of the smoke is going back up to heaven, the portal, what whatever it is, and it's that that one wisp of light coming out of Pharaoh's home and you know it's his son. Oh my god. Um oh. I I totally missed it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. like you know what's going to like you know what it's it's not even what's going to happen. It's happened. Oh. Yeah. That's the that's the only bit that was kind of the only bit of foreshadowing telegraphing that made me roll my eyes a little. It's when Moses and Ramses are having the final big argument and uh, Ramsey's son turns up and I'm like well okay there's only one reason he's turning up I know what plague is coming yeah. next um, and it's yeah it's not intended to be a shock or a twist but we hadn't seen him up until that point so it was kind of like yeah we need to stick him in I think or so. else this has less impact yeah I think so yeah. like he when when Moses and Zipporah arrive at the party basically he's just there but he doesn't say anything at that point like he could be it could just be some random kid, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, as you yeah. say, it is. It's just like, oh, kid, you, you, you in the wrong house, kid. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And it, I say it's shocking, but it is tastefully done. I'm not saying I want blood and gore by any means. I think it's done absolutely perfectly. But I think that ups the rating of the film. I think this needs to be at least a PG. Come on, I would like, say at least, I, I would say does a PG, nothing. definitely. Like just make it a uh, PG. Um, for the themes, if nothing else. I think it's what I got, and I hope I'm right. I think it's it's really implied that the kids didn't feel any pain. That it was just like going to sleep. Uh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I think that is definitely implied. Um, yeah, but still fucking dark. It, it is. Oh, gosh, it is dark. I think when I when I realised it isn't a kids' film was the whipping. So this is when Moses has realised who he is, and they're talking about rebuilding the temple, um, and the whipping just continues, continues, continues. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is either played off as a joke or it doesn't last very long in a kids' film. That's when I was I kind of sat, sat up and I was like, mm, this is aimed at adults. Definitely. Um, so there, so that, that scene, there's another, uh, change from the book. And I think that's to tone it down. So here it, it's sort of implied that Moses accidentally 
kills the guard who was whipping the the old man. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's shot. In the book of Exodus, he murders him and hides the body. Like, there's no, there's no ambiguity. Oh, interesting. Like, he's like, oh, no, yeah. this guy has to die. Um, yeah. But I think, I mean, as we've discussed many times, this is not a kid's film, but there was at least an effort to try and make it a kid's film. I don't know if they mm-hmm. went far enough toward making it a kid's film, but uh, again, R.E., yeah. thousands of children die. Um, and also, like, you know, oh, look at this lovely mural on the wall with these babies being fed to the crocodiles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, there's no there's no metaphor there. It's just like, what should I do next? Looks to picture of drowning babies. I'm going to do that. It's like, um, okay. remember the happy songs? Yeah, I just, I mean... I I'm, I can't be entirely right there. I know what I read is that it was being marketed at adults, but it is a U. It is animated. I'm sure there was an element of it that was marketed at kids as well. Even if it's just adults, bring your kids so that you don't feel stupid watching an animated film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's, it's maybe definitely it possible. was as much as yeah. that. Yeah. Um. um yes. Um. I. I just. The script is obviously fantastic. Who had the final pass on the script? Um, I think there was a few of them on it. Because obviously, like, who wrote it? Uh, I don't know. Moses, I guess. Um, yeah, Moses. yeah. From his point, no wonder he comes off looking like a fucking uh, champ. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I know because uh, the story was adapted by... I'm just trying to get his name now. Uh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, you are not wrong. Uh, who who wrote this? Da, 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 da. I mean, I can tell you if you want. <laughs> oh, you have it there. If you oh, for God's sake, it. that's what I was doing. I was no, googling. No, this is this was my big build-up. Was who had the final pass on the script? I didn't want you to oh, tell. All me. right. Well, then, who had the final pass on the script, Ian? Nicholas fucking Meyer. I did not know that. Really? Yes. Ratha Khan. Oh no way. Absolutely. This man just turns everything into gold. Now he, it says it wasn't the lead writer. But I'm kind of guessing, I'm, I could be way off base, but it could be like how Russell T. Davis wasn't the lead writer on all of the scripts in Doctor Who, but he definitely wrote mm. every single one of them. Um, he had the final look at the script and made it what it is. Um, and he, that man can write. That man can write. He can put a story together. Uh, he can do no wrong. So yeah. That makes me, it makes me realise why this film is so good. Like, Hans Zimmer doing the score. Great voice work. Nicholas Meyer writing it. Like, Woof. Wh- Ex-Disney employees animating it. Like, of course this film's going like, to be great. I would... Spe- speaking, obviously, bringing back... Because you mentioned Hans Zimmer again there. Bringing back Oscar talk. I... Uh, the, the score is good. It's mature enough. You know, and this is the Zim. Like, Lion King mm-hmm. is an amazing score. And he rightly got an Oscar for it. Um... And I feel he has been denied. But it's still it, a bunch of but kids songs. It's still a bunch of kids songs. Whereas this is, there are songs yeah. that are easier for kids. Like um, the playing with the big boys now. I think that's loads of fun. Uh, least favourite, least favourite part of the film. Probably not surprising. But that felt, that felt as out of place as putting the child killing scene in Hercules. Like if you'd have picked that up and put it over there, it would stand out just as oh. much. Yeah, didn't didn't like it. In fact, lose they, those two characters entirely. I I, I know they're in there for I'd the kids. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think yeah, they're the closest to the Disney sidekicks that this film has to offer. Yeah. And you're right. Like they're just kind of and then they just kind of disappear. 
Yeah, yeah they do. Um, they disappear. They come back to um, try and arrest Moses, um, and Ramsey's just pardons him, yeah, and that's the last you right, see him. Like, that's it. Done. It's kind of like, oh, all right then. Bye. Um, yeah, not needed. The. Uh, but I, I no, I have to. Say, I, I do enjoy it. But probably out of the different songs in the film, it would be the weakest. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. I really, 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 really like uh, all I ever wanted. That's Moses's the song before he really realizes. Um, it's. Uh, Oh, this is the montage. No, that that one is fantastic as well. That is through heaven's eyes. Um, So all I ever oh through heaven's eyes, yeah, with her dad. I loved that sequence. That was really good. Again, tight storytelling. I don't need a massive love story. Um, That bit's enough. I love Jethro's. The depiction of his faith, I believe, is both. It's mature enough that the adults get it, but also it's not like he. It's not preaching. Which no, is absolutely, yeah. Really, and in a story off. that's from the Bible, it's really bloody hard. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to um, be preaching. No, sorry, all I ever wanted was, uh, here among my trappings and belongings, I belong. I am uh, a sovereign prince of Egypt, the son of the proud history, and uh, that's shown etched on every wall. That That's a... No, gee, can you tell I've listened to that, that song a yeah. few times? I love that song. Um, yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, no, I do remember that now. That's when he's kind of coming to terms with who... Yeah. Who Moses um, is? Who is he? Who am forever? I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so but then uh, that's another difference. This is an animated film with songs in it. This is not a Disney musical. Mm-hmm. No, it's really. I was worried that's what it was going to be when we mm-hmm. opened with um, your grand lady doing that song. I was worried this is where we're going, and it felt a bit stage musically, especially with the big, the bass at the end of that st- song, which is like, mm. boom, fade to black. Now the story starts. That was textbook how you open your stage show. I was a bit concerned, but love the direction it actually went in, That's which is much more since become a stage show. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah I said that deliberately. Yeah, yeah like but only recently, actually, yeah. only only quite recently. Um, yeah, twenty twenty. Um, what of all the times to release yeah. a stage show? Um, you know, kind of but, like, maybe yeah, this is bizarre. it. Maybe, maybe for the stage show, they but, were doing the Ten Plagues and they escaped. <laughs> this one. This is the one. This is just it. We're going to just, okay. we're going to give you one of the uh, plagues. Gee, thanks, Prince of Egypt. <laughs> um, yeah, lovely. Um, what was it? Yeah, so, so one last thing. It was um, th- stats, 350 animators from 34 different countries put this film together. Good gravy, the talent in this film. Yep. Uh, Woof. And it shows. The animation is it, it is. It is. Uh, it's. How do you organise 350 people? So obviously it was grouped into like, you do the backdrops, you do this, you do the people, you do the plagues, you do the nature. But to unify that vision... Between a couple, a few hundred people, it is incre- incredible. Like, and yeah. that's one thing I will. A lot of the middle period Disney. Well, I, again, I realize this is not Disney, but okay. So a lot of middle period Disney, they had a very set house style, and you can really notice it when you're going through them. Whereas yeah. there was no house style. This was, as you said, this was DreamWorks' first 
uh, hand-drawn animation one. It was like, yeah. okay, lads, we don't have... I mean, the reference books are the hieroglyphics of ancient Egypt. That's your reference, you know? Um, yeah. Good luck. And please yeah, don't do. let Disney sue us. <laughs> yeah. like, don't, don't make it look Disney, and, please. And was like, you can... Yeah, I think you can look at this and you can see... Because what was... So this is 98. So I'm trying to think... Would it, I think Hercules was before, but Mulan would have been fairly close to this in terms of release times. Um, I um, agreed, and, yeah. So I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Like You can see that this isn't Disney, uh, even though it's still animation. 100%. At the time when Disney was undisputed king of the box office. <sighs> Same year. For Milan, was it? For Milan, yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, I mean, I know the answer to this, but Ian, did you like the film? Loved it. I've loved it more than, I, more than I've been... Damn it. I have loved it now that I've been talking about it even more. Um, it was a little bit slow, but it's... That, I know, is an unconscious bias because the subject matter doesn't Fair. interest me. But I do like it as a movie making achievement i respect it as a as a good story and a well-made film and a tight story as well yes. i love tight stories just hour and 30 in and out get it done um yeah no i'm, it, I'm it, delighted it. because oh, thank you for introducing my, my it to absolute me, pleasure i was i was nervous i'm not like you know it's not like i would be afraid of ever recommending something that has a religious uh, theme to it to you but just mm. you know this is this film prides itself on the fact that it really 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 paid attention to the details of the book of Exodus it consulted something like 600 religious scholars all of whom said well not all of whom like, wow. but you know th- th- it was who said no 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 yeah. they, they listened they absolutely listened to what we were saying it really stuck close and everything That's and awesome. I was a bit like oh you know hi here's bible school no I wouldn't recommend yeah. it to me either yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend it to me either, but this is why I love doing this show because we we get exposed to stuff that I would never, ever have watched. I never would have picked up, even from the poster. The poster put me off because I was like, oh, that looks a bit shit. Um, never would have been exposed to it. So I really glad I loved it. Loved it, loved well, it. Well, I'm delighted. Um, so, yeah, that's... Well, next week we go all together more sillily. Um, we're gonna be, we're gonna be. Oh wait, do you know? Have I, I, I have told you, haven't I? T- t- tell me again. I'll pretend it's the first time. Next week is going to be altogether more sillyly and on the entire opposite side of the world. Um, the Emperor's New Groove. I can't wait. I love I that love film it. so much. Um, oh, yeah. I have. It's all I, coming together. Oh. <laughs> Wrong lever. Yeah. Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> Why? Why do you have that lever? Well, what's the possible reason? Oh, I love it. I love it. In the scene in the restaurant, in the getting all the okay, one arm like, coming up. Got it. Will you make up your mind? Okay, we're just gonna dive straight into that. Right. Uh, Sean, any final thoughts? Um, just uh, love this film. Cannot recommend it enough. It is, you know, whether or not because it, it is something that you kind of have to discuss with this film. Whether or not you have a belief in what this story mm-hmm. is teaching or or not i think it is handled in such a way that it doesn't it doesn't matter what you bring to it exactly know? it doesn't make you a heathen for watching a video about someone that's else's it. religion and and if that is if that's how your brain works god bless you <laughs> <laughs> nicely done but 
<laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, right. I'm m- m- moving swiftly on from that. Ian, thank you so much. I'm delighted you enjoyed it. And I yeah, can't I wait it. for Emperor's New Groove. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM, email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com, and check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com, where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at galactic underscore Dave, and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome, and we love you very much.